What's up, y'all? It's Miles the Millennial, the millennial who's actually not a millennial, but is technically still a millennial. And this is Millennials with the Mindset, the podcast where we talk about everything from sex, love, money, finances, being black, and all in between. Today, we have a special guest, Mr. Jalen Bolden, Jalen Eggs, however he wants to go by. This is a man with a, a lot of talents a great perspective and is a powerful young black man in America who I happen to call one of my best friends. Jalen, how are you doing today? What's up, man? I'm good, Miles, bro. I'm glad I'm here, bro. I'm glad to be on the podcast. I've been excited. I actually listened to the first episode. Um, and I thought it was great, man. I've been seeing what you've been doing with Miles Millennial, so I'm just excited to be a part, man. I'm just blessed to be here today, man. What's up, you? What's up, y'all? That's what's up, man. I know the viewers are excited to hear about you. A lot of people have watched me and you grow for a long time, some time, a very yeah. long time. So this has been something that's been in the making and they know this is about to be an episode they don't want to miss. Exactly. So today's topics, we're going to talk about how to love again. Mm. Uh, we're going to talk mm. about Jalen's musical journey. And then we're going to talk about the dangers of being a black man in America. So there, these are three in-depth topics that we're going to get real vulnerable on. Yeah. And, and open up to you guys. So Jalen, you know, I know me and you, we, we both have had our experiences with women throughout, you know, the course of our life. And right. you've seen me at my lowest, I've seen right. you at your lowest. And how would you say when you go through love and you have to deal with heartbreak and things don't work out, how, do you, how does somebody in that position get back to a space where they can love again? I mean, that's a great question, bro. I think that I'll, I'll have the answer when I get there. Um, you know what I mean? But I think that in my journey, you know, it's been about, what, a year and a half since I've dated, since I've, you know, courted, since I've had sex, since I've done anything really romantic. Um, and the reason it's been so long is just because the last one was rough, you know what I mean? And the last one, it ended rough. Um, it left me in a rough spot. Uh, and so um, I decided that I felt like I needed some space from dating, from relationships. I felt like that um, I didn't have a healthy relationship with relationships and I didn't have a healthy relationship mm. with sex. Uh, and I feel like because of that, that I need to step away from the both of them. And so my, my leave of abstinence from relationships and sex um, led to a desire for me to want to be celibate. Now, I don't think that I've, I've, I've decided that I'm going to pursue celibacy, you know what I'm saying? Which yeah. is like, yeah. no sex before marriage. But I think that's where... That's what my heart knows God wants me to be, in a yeah. sense. Um, but I think that I'm still dealing with the flesh. Um, and so all of this is wrapped up in my inability or my desire not to pursue love again, just because, like, um, I don't want to be pursuing relationships, you know, that don't add up to anything. I feel like that was the last relationship, and that's why I hurt so bad, because I realized at the end that, oh, we really just been – waiting for this to be over like we weren't really growing mm. in place you mm. know what i mean um and after that after you experience love if you experience sex inside a relationship with love it's kind of hard to go back to just superficial relationships you yeah. know what i'm saying it's kind of hard to go back to superficial engagements 
Um, and so I just decided, man, until it's the right time for me, until I feel like I'm whole enough again, I'm healed enough, I'm healthy enough to really invest in somebody, uh, I feel like I'm taking um, some time away. Um, so I think like the journey to getting back to being able to love has to do with a reflection of, uh, uh, has to do with, you have to deal with what happened, what you're feeling, what you felt from the last one. You have to let go. You have to reflect on what happened the last time. And then um, you have to trust yourself and you have to trust your journey enough uh, to be ready to possibly love somebody again. Because I just feel like after losing the last one, I don't really want to love nobody for a while. I'm like, God, just yeah. wait till you got the right <laughs> one. Just yeah. let me know when the right one coming along. So yeah. it's a journey that I'm still on. That's and that's powerful because the, the key word that you just said at the end there is journey. You know, I think that we think there's a, a, a one size fits all answer for, you know, getting through a relationship when you, you go through heartbreak and getting back on your feet to being, you know, with somebody. And there is no destined path, no perfect path. Everybody's is different. And I think for me, it's, it's kind of similar with what you're talking about. When I, the last time I had experienced heartbreak, you know, it tore me to my core because that was the first time I was ever really in love. You know, and it wasn't even a healthy relationship. It was toxic from the beginning to its end, but I loved that person, you right, know? And, right. and when that relationship came to an end, it tore me so deep that it was almost like every fabric of my reality was intertwined with that person. And yes, therefore yes, trying to, to just get back on my feet and love again, or even interact with women again, that wasn't yes. even on the table at the time. It was like, how can I even fathom being with somebody else whether that's sexually or emotionally when every single thing i do is intertwined with this last person mm. and and, it, and i feel like I it's hard to. it's hard because at that time that's real the music you listen to you can't even put your playlist on because it's going to remind you of moments with this person and you you get to a point where like you said you have to truly it's almost like going cold turkey where you mm -hmm. have to just you know, I have to remove myself from this because I think what we do too often is we say, you know what, I'm going to drown my problems in other people's emotions and other, in other areas. So we'll, we'll, we'll have sex a lot yeah. or we'll, we'll date a bunch of other people. And, and we see this constantly. You see, we all have those people that we know in our lives who have so much trauma. You can tell that they're dealing with a lot of trauma, but instead of taking the time to really work on themselves, they kind of make other people be their band-aid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they let other people be the, the ones that take their mind off of the pain that they're dealing from five six seven relationships ago that they exactly. never sat down and, and and it's you know it was something i, I saw uh one of my neos he, he posted this and i thought about it he said his mom told him it's better for you to be the person that's hurting than for you to be the person that's hurting people mm. you know and hurt mm. people hurt people so when you don't heal yourself you really just carrying those wounds and scarring other people up in the process when they didn't have to be a part of that at all. And it's a tough battle, but in order for you to love somebody again and give them, you know, the, the new version of you, cause there is no going back to the old. And that's right. a tough thing to let go right. of. You're like, man, I want to be back to when it was like this. Well, no, that's not the way it is. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be yeah. who you are now. And you have to work on those wounds first and heal those before you can even think about going into a new opportunity with somebody else. Man, I think that's like, 
the biggest reason why I haven't, I don't know. I've never, I never really had an in-between. It's like either like I'm in this deep relationship, I'm in love, or I'm just like super, super single. I had like one moment in college where I was kind of on the hoes, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like that was like for one moment, bro. You know what I mean? So I'm never like having a bunch of people on my line or it's either I'm lonely or I'm in a relationship where I'm never alone. Um, but I think that's one reason why I have chosen to just like, not pursue relationships just because like at the end of the day but like I know that I'm still in love with that other person you know what I'm saying or when I think about love I think about like them you know what I'm saying or when I think about how I want to love I think about like the things that I used to do to for them like you think about the things they used to do to for me you know what I mean so I still haven't let go of that and I don't want to just be using somebody else you know what I'm saying I don't want to just be you know, with them trying to figure out if it still feels like when I was with the last person or I don't yeah, really want to be, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to be touching them like how I touched the last person trying to make myself, you know, feel both same things. You know what I'm saying? I want it to be fresh. And I want it to be new and I don't want to bring and um, other people into this like toxic cycle that I got with myself and with my ex, you know what I'm saying? Cause they still be on my phone every now and then. And I still be trying to figure out whether it really is just a nice conversation or it's just something that I should leave or if it's toxic, you know what I mean? So I've decided that like, until I'm really, really to move on, like I'm not going to move on and play with nobody else. Cause like he said, it's better to be the person that hurt to be the person that's hurting. And since I've been on both sides, I know that I'd rather just not be, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Any, any the part of it. Yep. And, and, you know, it's, I had a different experience. It's like once I got to a point to where I felt like I, I, I thought in my head, you know, I thought in my head that like, oh, I'm, I'm over this person. You know, I'm good. I can move on from this. And, you know, I had my little what so-called whole phase, you know what I'm saying? I, right. I lived in college, you know? Right. And when I was doing that, I'm thinking that, you know, life is good because I wasn't, I, what I realized is I shut off the emotional side of me. I mm. was able to kind of, push that away and make myself feel like it didn't matter that because I was, you know, honest, quote unquote, honest with myself about my intentions with people, I wasn't causing emotions to get involved. And I was dumb enough to think that I could have sex with people, that I could intermingle with people and, and spend yeah. quality time with people and enjoy all of the things that come with, with emotions and, and relations think that I could do that and and still think that there was not going to be an emotional consequence for that. Ooh, and what an I found emotional was, consequence. That's what it is, man. It's an emotional consequence. And what I found was when I got to a point to where I actually was feeling somebody, I was unable to give them what I knew they deserved at that time because I had never really answered some vital questions and, and dealt with some some very serious problems that I had from the last relationship. I was afraid to admit to myself that that person still had a hold on me. And it wasn't because they had a hold on me because I still love them. They had a hold on me because I was scared of the fact that like, could I possibly one, love somebody the way I love them, you know? And two, with all the trauma that, that happened to me, was I worth it? You know, yeah. it had me questioning my own self-worth. It had me saying, like, like I don't want to go into this because I don't want to do you bad. I don't want to, to take the trauma that they put on me and put it on you. I know yeah. you don't deserve that. You've been nothing but good to me. And that was a struggle that I had to get through. 
And I think sometimes the wounds go even deeper than just you getting over loving that person. You know, it, mm. it, it's not even about so much the attraction of them. It's about how you know you change as a person and whether you value yourself enough, like in your own perspective to say, am, am I even good enough to give this person who is great, you know, who has who it would be a great partner for me. Do I even have the value? Do you value yourself enough to say, can I give that to them? And that's a, like a big insecurity that you can develop once you've been hurt. Yeah, I definitely know since, since love lost, I have, there are parts of me that may not be as accessible anymore. You know what I mean? But then I think that because of, because I lost love and because I feel like I needed it, there are also parts of me that are like, are willing to be more accessible, like so are willing to be more accessible. So like it's 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 a double edged sword because I feel like because yeah. I lost love, I've become more I've understood how, how important it is to treasure like what you have and to give all you have to the people that you love in your life. You know what I'm saying? So I imagine like myself being in a relationship and you know choosing to be more vulnerable, right? Or choosing to be more patient just because I know if you don't choose those things, that it's easy for you to lose it. But I can also see myself getting to that point to where I'm starting to feel for this person a lot more than I thought I would, and then shutting down or not allowing them certain parts of me because certain things scare me because they remind me of the last situation. You know what I mean? So I think that like I could be both. Like I don't think that I don't. I believe that I still have the capacity to love, and I feel like I even have the capacity to love more and commit yeah. in love. Yeah. Um, but it's almost like I don't, I don't want to choose it again, bro. You know what I mean? Because the last time I chose it, I knew I was going into it, and I chose it, and I lost it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so it's almost like I don't want to choose it. You know, I don't want to make that decision. But I also haven't been put in that position yet to make such a decision because I feel like God, no, I'm not ready for that. I feel like I know I'm not ready for that. So, but I'm not gonna lie. It's been it's been a while, but I feel like I want to get back on the horse. Or maybe I just need to get back on like a donkey before I'm getting the horse. <laughs> I don't know what that really looks like in dating terms, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's starting to go out to the clubs and, and intermingling and just having flirtatious conversation. But I mean, whatever that is, I I know, man. And and I think whatever it is for you, it will reveal itself naturally and you shouldn't force it. Um I think that's one of the things that we we mess ourselves up in is we 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 tell ourselves, man, it's been too long. When it's like, no, it hasn't been too long. It's been just enough time. Right. It's been exactly what God wanted it to be for you. And yeah. don't force it because when you force it, you lose it. And, you know, just hearing what we're talking about, I kind of wanted to wrap up the steps that I'm hearing we're, we're saying is, you know, one, you got to address your wounds. Yeah. You, you have to go to the root problems that happen and let yourself feel. Cry those tears. Remove yourself from those situations and from other people and just be vulnerable and be weak and that's okay being weak is not a negative thing mm -hmm. it's completely okay and then you know i think the second step is you have to once you've addressed those wounds you have to move forward with love for who you now are mm -hmm. not for you know resentment of who you once were you know you have oh. to let go you have to let go of what was once jalen what once was miles how yeah. jalen and miles used to move and, yeah. and, and look at who you are now and say, this is who I am and it's beautiful who I am because I'm still standing and I'm still right. worthy and I'm still, you know, I still have value regardless of what happened in the past. And then I think step three is you have to address the fears 
and take a chance when you're ready, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you only know you're ready when you know you're ready. Like it, it's, it's, it's just one of the things I believe the, you'll be weighing those pros and cons and you'll tell yourself, I know for me how it was, is I had to tell myself, you know, when I look at this person that's before me now, do I feel secure? Do, do I feel protected with my emotions with this person? Do I trust this person? Because those were the biggest things. My emotional trust was damaged because of my last relationship. I felt emotionally abused in my last relationship. So when it was time to go into a new one, it was, does this person, really for me, it was, can this person protect, protect my emotions? Can they deal with them? Can they process them? And are they safe with this person? And when I could sit there and say yes, and all the other things checked out, you know, of course, there were certain things that I knew innately this girl already had because I only go for certain types of girls. Mm-hmm. I knew she was going to have her head on straight. I knew she was going to have goals and, and, and wisdom and be faithful to God and, and just carry herself in a certain way. When those things checked out, I knew there was going to be things that I may not have liked, but I said, you know, is it worth the risk of letting this person walk out of my life and potentially missing out on something beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm too afraid of being hurt again. I, I had to tell myself, if you could get through the last one, you can get through this one. If it doesn't work out, you can beat it. You can, right. you can still grow from it and then try again. So right. don't be afraid to, 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 like you said, hop on that try horse and just take it for a ride. See how far it takes you. And that's kind of how I'm just moving. It's just, we'll see how far it takes me. I'm not looking for forever. I'm looking for fulfillment. And so yeah. long as that is there, I can keep riding. Man, I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? You know, I mean, I've, like you said, bro, just knowing that, like, even if it, because when, when you lose the first one, you know, the bubble burst, the forever bubble burst. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the idea forever burst. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's what's the scariest thing is because, like, the next time you're like, well, man, would this end and will I feel like this? Because it's almost like how bad it hurt at the end almost covered up how good it felt during Mm. You know what I mean? Um, Man. It's almost like when you think about it, bro, it's, it, it, takes some, well, it takes some time for you to remember how beautiful it was because of how ugly it got. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and so when you think about a new relationship, like when you think about journeying into a new relationship, all you can think about is how ugly it can get yeah. versus how beautiful it could be. Yep. Um, but like you said, you got to remember that no matter how ugly it got, you still made it through. You're okay and you're stronger and you're more beautiful and you're grown. So even if this one gets ugly, that you can still, that you'll be okay. Yeah. That's another thing. Even though you're like, man, I lost love. So you can't lose love. But it's also like, you can also deal with love loss. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can also deal with those things and you can enjoy yourself. And like I said, they say, they say you fall in love a bunch of times before you find the one. You know what I mean? Um, for me, I'm saying to myself, like, nah, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna do that too many more <laughs> I ain't times. trying to do all that. <laughs> I ain't gonna do that too many more times, but, you know, that could be a reality. Um, but I think, like you said, man, it's just about, like, really getting in tune with who you are now. And that was my biggest thing, like, trying not to let go. Or just when I was trying to let go, it was just, I just didn't want to let go of, like, the past or who I felt like I was becoming or you know, what I felt like the relationship could have become. Um, and just be okay with like it not being anymore 
and the possibility that it could never be again, you know, because yeah. I still had these fantasies that like yep. it was going to happen. This would again. happen or this would happen. We'd end up together. Right. You know, but having to let go of those is some of the hardest thing too, or just having to let go of like that feeling like, dang, like if she moved on yet, yeah, like what if like she wait, what if she waiting for me and I move on? You know what I'm saying? But then it's like, what if I'm sitting here waiting for her and she been moving, you know, she what I'm already saying? been moved on. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but letting go of the need to figure that out, regardless if it happened or not, whichever way it happened, like it's your life and you got to choose how you want to live. You got to choose, you know what I'm saying? Whether you're going to hold on for this person and wait and possibly hope that they wait for you or whether you're going to move on because that's what you feel like you need to do. And it's okay because y'all not together no more. And it's okay for you to weigh your feelings. That's more important than theirs. You exactly. know what I'm saying? It's okay for you to think about what you need for you and to stop thinking about what you feel like they need because they got to live their life and they got to make the decisions that they're making for their life. And that's between them and God and them and the love that they got inside of you. But you got to reconcile with you and God and with you and love what you got inside of you. Um, and I think that's where I am now, man. I'm I'm, I'm letting go, um, and I'm so close to like letting go fully. Um, but I just I, I want to let go and be in a healthy place. You know, I don't want to let go and to be looking for something else. I want to be able to let go and just be okay. And just with be, you. just be you. Yeah, that's that's powerful, man. So I want to kind of change tunes now. We didn't got real deep real early, so I want to get on something a little bit more uh, happy and upbeat. Let's right, talk right, about right. your musical journey, man. You gotten into to rapping man real i say hip-hop even more so than just rap like yeah, you really yeah. entrenched in the game and coming with some bars and some lyrics man so what kind of got you into rapping in the music you know what made you start doing that i mean you know i guess it's interesting because i've always been musically inclined you know raised in a church man so i always had somewhat of a voice i always could hear notes and uh, always like i said it's not too many early Drake lyrics that I don't know, too many early Cole lyrics that I don't know. And I always felt like I had a gift for lyrics and a gift for lyricism. Um, I mean, you remember in eighth grade when we came up with Young Dreams, you know yep. what I'm saying? That was the first time, that was the first time I was like, oh, okay, I can actually rap, oh, okay, I can actually perform, you know, but through my college years, being on the debate team and doing a lot of spoken word, recognizing um, and performing a lot in front of chapel, I was like, okay, I really like this idea of performing. And, 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 and using music uh, to give my message. Um, and so, I mean, I just started kind of, I just started kind of writing. I started writing some instrumentals and it was really just healing. You know, it was really just therapy, me writing to get off, um, me writing to just get stuff off my mind. Um, and one of the first ones I wrote, I wrote to that PTSD instrumental of um, uh, uh, that uh, Revenge of the Dreamers album, that yep. PTSD instrumental. Um, and I wrote and I was like, dang, this mug is kind of, it's kind of fire. You know what I mean? And it was like kind of the, the, the style of like my freestyle Fridays where I do a verse, you know, and, and I kind of have a bridge um, and I kind of have a message with it. And I wrote that mug and I was just like, well, man, I really like doing this. And it really felt good. And the first time that I, that I went ahead and put something on the gram, or put a freestyle on the gram and the feedback that I got and, yeah. you know, that really fueled me. And I was like, okay not only do I feel like it's good, but then I think that people are Other giving people. me genuine feedback and like they appreciate my music. But you know, it's hard when you're trying to be a rapper now because you feel like everybody can rap. Everybody want to be a rapper. 
and you don't want to say what you're doing. You you don't want when somebody actually what you're doing. You be like, I'm rapping, I'm doing music. You don't want them to be like, I'm oh, just another nigga doing music. Yeah. Um. However, I had to realize that regardless if they feel like that, like I'm gonna still make my music. You know what I mean? And that there's plenty of space in the music game. You know, plenty of space, right? That's and that's right. another illusion that you could have. It's like, man, it's not enough space. There's too many people already doing it. And that's not the truth, man. There's so much music being streamed, right? There's so many platforms to stream it, right? They're constantly looking for new artists. They're constantly looking um, for new sounds. You know what I mean? That you can very much eat and to think about it in detail. You could very much make six figures. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just being a, being a professional musician. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't got to be a millionaire. You ain't got to be the baby. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to be the baby. But you can be the dude that's regional, that's making music, that's doing shows, that's performing. And you might find that not being a mainstream artist is more fulfilling. Yep. Right? It's more fulfilling. Because you're still going to have your fan base. You're still going to make your music. You're still going to make your connects. Right? But you can you can be a lot more independent. Right? You can have a lot more. Um, creative control over your music, you know what I mean? And so, regardless, when I started thinking, okay, am I going to do this music thing? Am I going to do this music thing? Okay, cool. I decided, yeah, I'm going to do this music thing. Um, so I got a tape coming out October 1st. Um, it's called A New Era. Um, a New Era is kind of the team that I'm trying to put together because I feel like, you know, I'm bringing a new era of hip-hop to the game. You know what I'm saying? It's got old era vibes as far as lyricism, as far as content, as far as social awareness, as far as soul. Um, but that's got new era sound. You know what I'm saying? The production of the beats is different. The production of the music is different. The flow is different. You know what I'm saying? But I'm bringing back that old era soul of hip-hop with a new era sound. Um, so that's the idea, man. It's a new era, a new era of storytellers, a new era of hip-hop artists. Um, so I'm putting together a team. That's going to be my first take. Um, and so, but moving forward, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, who I want to be as an artist and not just like, cause I see everybody just putting out music on Spotify and they put it on Apple Music or they yeah. putting on YouTube and telling everybody to go or they just getting the merch. But I'm really thinking about like how I'm going to develop my fan base. You know what I'm saying? How I'm going to give to my fan base and how I can make sure that I get loyal fan base and not just followers. Because they oh. say, man, it's three, it's three F's and it's a difference. It's a difference between followers, fans, and friends. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And I'm trying to, you know, of course, make my fans my friends. Or of course, make my friends my fans. Uh, make my fans my friends, right? And then make all and make and allow all of them to follow me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But thinking about how I can create that journey, um, you know, thinking about the kind of music that I want to um, put into the atmosphere. Thinking about how I want to perform it. You know what I'm saying? Thinking about what kind of shows I want to do, like. Do I want to do 100 to 200 people shows or do I want to start with like 30 to 50 people shows? You know what I'm saying? Like, do I want to perform with a DJ or do I want to perform in front of a live band? You know, all of these different things. Um, so it's felt like it's been moving slow. Like I feel like, cause I see, cause you see everybody putting out music. You're like, man, I'm not putting out music. I'm not doing the videos. But I do think that how I'm thinking about my artistry and how I'm um, strategically I'm trying to place myself to when it's ready for me to take off. I can take off in the right place. I think that I'm doing the good work. You know what I'm saying? And even as I speak about it, I recognize that I have thought about this a lot more than I'm giving myself credit for thinking about. And I've been working a lot more than I give myself credit for. I've been working. I've been, I have found a producer and put him on my team. And we've been working on like about 10 tracks that's recorded now. I'm working on like two different projects at a time. Um, so it's working, it's moving. Um, but I'm also trying to make sure I be patient because it's such a culture where you feel like you got to blow up or you ain't doing it right. Yeah. It's like, nah, but people be in the game 10, 
12 years before they get any kind of mainstream look or they get on the radio or all of this. But just because you're not mainstream don't mean you're not a successful recording artist. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Don't mean your you don't mean your songs not gonna be on movies. Don't mean your songs not gonna go on tours. Don't mean you're not gonna open up. Don't mean you're not gonna have your own concerts. So that's what I'm looking at. I just wanna be as authentic um and as creatively in control of my music and my music output and where it goes. Um so right now, man, I'm getting ready for this tape and we're gonna see where God take it after that. That's powerful, man. And I think a few key things you said about like the beauty of being like low key, the beauty of not being the most popular mainstream person is like a lot of these artists when they get signed to these labels people think it's all glitz and glamour because they see the the the, the cars the, the diamonds the followers all that stuff they don't understand it somebody else is calling the shots for them now somebody else is dictating the message that they have to put out you know they work for whoever is paying they bill and that's artistry is supposed to be your story artistry is supposed to be your message and we lose a lot of content and that's why you know, when you talk about everybody's a rapper, the problem is everybody is rapping about the same things. Exactly. There's no, there's no difference in terms of how people are moving, how people are trying to ch really change people's lives. Yeah. And, and when, you, when you lose that, when that drops off, there is no artistry. It's just a bunch of, bunch of dudes on a track putting, exactly. you know, bars together. And that's, it. that's not artistry. And they hardly bars. You know, and I've been doing a lot yeah. of research. And a lot of things I've been watching, I've been watching a lot of interviews of artists of six talking about the industry. Um, man, and basically how the music industry works, when you say somebody calling the shots, they basically buy your name and your likeness from you. And then you rent it back from them. Right? <laughs> so the thing is, they like, I'm going to give you a million dollars right now this contract, I'm gonna give you a million dollars up front. That's all of, but you, but I'm giving you that million dollars for you to pay for studio time, for you to pay for your videos, for you to pay to get fly, for you to pay to, pay to be everybody who you are. I'm giving you that million dollars. But then when we make this money off of your music, you ain't gonna get none of it, a small percentage of it. And the only reason you're gonna get a small, you're gonna get a small percentage because I already paid you a million up front. Yeah. But the reality is the lifestyle a lot of these artists gotta live in order to be who they are probably cost more million, more than a million dollars. They probably not being financially strict with it. Um, yep. And so, but basically, man, they like, I like who you are. Direct companies, I like who you are. I like who you become. I can help you take that to the next level. But in order for me to help that take to the, to the next level, I now own, I now own your artistry. So I, I own who Jalen X is. Jalen X get a nose job, I own Jalen X nose job. If Jalen X start driving a Rolls Royce, I own that entire, your entire aesthetic the label now owns. And you mm. rent it back from them. And they own it for so you many albums. You trying to buy your freedom. Exactly. They own it for so many albums, you know. But the reality is, man, it's coming to a new era, bro, where um, you're not going to have to succumb to that. But, but there are also other demons. Even people, you know, talk about like the new streaming companies, the Spotify's and the Apples are using the same, um, are using the same techniques as labels. Um, so either way, man, I've been doing a lot of research because I want to make, I want to be an independent artist. And it's a struggle for independent artists more because the labels do all the work, the labels do all the marketing, the labels do all the promotion, the labels um, get you the deals, the labels uh, get you um, the commercials. And as an independent artist, you got to fight for that your own, but I'd rather fight for that freedom. Um, then be stuck inside those golden chains, man. That's real. Man, I want to pivot the topic now. Instead of talking about like being a black man in America, I want to kind of stick on this music topic a little bit longer. So 
And it's really cool you just said them chains. I remember uh, J. Cole's song, Chaining Day. You, sure you know, heard. he said, I swear I heard my jeweler say, here go your chain, my nigga. Hey, my nigga. Like, it's literally, he giving you chains. You a slave. You know what I'm saying? And I thought that was, that, that's powerful that you said that. And, you know, what do you think the responsibility is of an artist when they're making music that impacts children growing up? Because, you know, there's been a lot of arguments about, you know, for example, like a lot of dudes getting mad at like Meg Sally and them for WAP. Uh, and then a lot of people getting on, you know, male artists for, you know, how they talk about violence and guns. And I'm not really, I don't want to really have our topic about whether uh, people are right about WAP or, or male artists talking about guns. I want to have a discussion with you about do artists have a moral imperative to the people that they listen to, to put out music that reflects what they want their audience to think and do? Man, um, that's been a um, a question for, let me not even beat around the bush. I personally think, hell yeah, especially Black artists, um, especially because our artists are some of the biggest figures and the biggest pillars in our communities. Our artists and our athletes are the people that our children look up to some of the most. I think, yes, I, I liken myself behind on the words of Nina Simone, where she said the artist has a duty to reflect the times, right? You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like you either, as an artist, you either choose to fight for slavery or you choose to fight for freedom. Man. But depend, depending upon what you, um, depending upon what you rap, sing about, is what you choose, is what you're fighting for. Are you yep. fighting to continue to enslave your people in the ideas of materialism? And the yep. ideas of hypersexuality, hypersexuality, right? and the yeah. ideas of, uh, of 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 black men, and the ideas of black men continuing to disrespect black women, continuing yep. to kill and disrespect themselves by continuing to pour, poison their bodies with drugs. You know what I'm saying? And things that they shouldn't be ingesting, right? Or are you telling your people about freedom? Are you telling them about financial freedom, right? Are you speaking to them about love? Are you speaking to them? Are you speaking about real pain so it can be therapy and not just because people say, well. At first, you know, they was just it was it was therapy. They was just telling what was that going story, on in the streets, yeah. right? But now, now the rap industry has commodified that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, now, now, now it's not about storytelling. It's about what makes the most money. You know, Doctor Boyz Watkins. Doctor Boyz Watkins made a point. He said Cardi B had gotten on an interview. They were asking her about WAP, and she she made a point, and it was a very true point. She says, you know, there are artists out here that rap about what y'all want to hear me rapping about. You know, y'all are mad at me because I'm talking about this song. I'm talking about sex, all this stuff. There are artists out here who, you know, talk about, you know, being, you know, deep in thought and conscious and all this exactly. stuff. But y'all don't stream them. Y'all don't, don't pay attention to them. Y'all don't pay them. This is that and that. So, you know, I'm trying to make it and doing what I got to do, yada, yada, yada. She was basically explaining that point. Dr. Boyce Watkins made a great point and said that. He said, you know, she's telling the complete truth. And, um, you know, it is a fact that, we don't stream them, but he, he went deeper and he, he, he had a question for Cardi and for all artists. And he said, but why do you think that is? Why do you think it is that, do, do you think that, you know, kids just naturally when they're born want to hear you talk about sex, drugs, money, guns, all these things, rappers, do you think that's what kids want to hear about? Or do you think kids are conditioned to, to, to think that that's what they need to be like and hear about? And therefore that's what attracts them. He says, what, what we have to realize is the labels are the biggest, and the media are the biggest marketing machines that control our future, that control 
the path that our kids go down. And when we speak on, you know, whether artists have a moral imperative to do this or do that, I believe they do have a moral imperative to send a message to those that listen to them, that uplifts them. And there's nothing that we can do in this day and age that's uplifting us as men and women, as black men and women, especially to want to emotionally attach ourselves sexually to each other without you know, the responsibility of what sex comes with. There's nothing responsible or morally correct about you know, wanting to kill another black man because of a petty issue. There is nothing responsible about glorifying the use of drugs and where they take you. It's like, yeah. we really grow in a generation in a society where we're, we're like, shoot, I wanna see what a perk talking about. I wanna see what this talking about. Right. I heard all these arts. It's like, dude, you really want to chance your future. Your, the, the livelihood of your mentality because your mind mm. you don't you don't get a new one you mm. only got one you're willing man. to risk this mm. for that man, and and what's crazy is i don't know we I, yeah i don't know bro i don't know if it's just that idea about that we young we feel like we invincible but i know i know people whose minds are not the same because they've used and abused their bodies mm. i know people whose minds are not the same because of the drugs that they've taken you know what I'm saying? Because of the things that they've done, because of the people that they've hurt or the people that they know who've been hurt. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so, but like, I, but it's also difficult for me because I know I don't come from that. You know, yeah. a lot of it is like, I, I, like I said in one of my freestyles, um, uh, it's crazy when you think about it, they chain niggas to poverty and pay them when they rap about it. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? And so, and that's kind of what it is, bro. It's like, you know, we rapping about poverty, right? And we were using the, the it started using the, the the platform of hip hop to escape that poverty and to give voice to those yep. voiceless, to those who are voiceless. But um, it's kind of now, man, we're glorifying this idea of poverty, bro. But it's like, we're glorifying it, we're showing it, we're detailing it, but it's not like we are rising out of it. It's only the few that are rapping that are rising out of it. And then when they yep. not hot no more, they find themselves right back in the poverty. You yep. know what I mean? Um, it's extortion. It's, it's extortion, bro. You know what I mean? It's not helping us any. It's extortion. It's in this extortion of our greatest leaders. Um, yeah. You know oh, what I'm saying? Real quick, Jalen. Real quick. The, we're about to run out of time, y'all. So what we're going to do, we're going to continue this on uh, part two. So Jalen's going to stick around. We're going to hop back on this in a few, and we're going to have another episode filmed. We're going to put that up. Remember, change your mind, change your life. It's how you want to wake up and go hard and go do it if you want to blow